91.5 KNC Thibodeau. What's going on, boys, girls, and squirrels? This is DJ Phoenix here with another episode of Nerd Hour. And this episode is going to not going to be like the previous few episodes where I did either a review or went on a rant. No, this one's going to be me talking about the entire like lore and background of a game franchise that I've been playing and I've been waiting for the next game that's going to be coming out in like, I think, like a few hours. And that game series that I'm talking about is the game series known as God of War, which, which essentially has you going through the any going through different pantheons, just destroying everything in your path. And with the new game God of War Ragnarok coming out in like like I said a couple of hours, I planned on like just talking about everything that is coming up with that has led up to this point. So for right now, there's going to be a I th yeah, it's a big spoiler warning because like I'm essentially talking about everything for everything that's been happening for like the past like 10 or 15 years of God of War that's been coming out. So anyway, let's get started with what we got. So we so to start things off, we our main protagonist in this case is is a man by the name of Kratos, a born in he was born in the in the Greek era, and he was actually we don't know this like at first, but he's actually born from he's actually the son of Zeus, and was actually casted out because Hera, his Zeus's wife, was not all that happy about it because in like in Greek mythology, there's this like big thing that Hera does not like all of Zeus's kids because. Zeus goes off with different women, and Hera is known as the goddess of marriage and everything. So Hera wants Kratos killed, but Zeus fi actually finds sees pity within him and just like casts him aside, with his um human birth mother being a woman named Callista. I'm pretty sure, but um anyway, we cut to. A we cut to a few years and we see a young Kratos and his brother named Demos training to be Spartan warriors to fight because that's what essentially Spartans do. It's either if you're a man, you either fight or just be cast off as like an outcast, really. But as they are training, Kratos has Kratos is shown to be like very strong, even at a young age, probably because of his godlike upbringings. But once again, we don't know that until like later on. So, as him and his brother Demos were training, they're approached by two big figures, at the, and they're approached because of a prophecy that Zeus had received, saying that a, a marked human warrior will bring the destruction of Olympus, and naturally, and because of that, Zeus, but seeing how he doesn't want Olympus to fall or his reign to end, he decides to send out the goddess of wisdom, Athena, and the god of war, uh, Ares, to essentially take out the marked warrior that they found, which was um, Demos. Because at that point, Demos had a distinct like birthmark on him that was just like red that goes across his um. I want. I think it's like left side of his body. So after, so once they find them, they take Demos to this like they take Demos to 
essentially a prison that just holds him for eternity just to make sure that he doesn't bring out the destruction of Olympus. Naturally, Kratos, as they're taking him away, Kratos tries to uh, fight them off because he's a Spartan warrior. He doesn't just stand down seeing his brother being taken away. But Ares just smacks him around because he's a child at that point. And um, in honor of... De- if honor to honor his brother, Kratos marks himself the exact same way, like Demos does. Then we get then that's essentially his childhood and why he's like, I wouldn't say angry all the time, but very stern and everything. So, a while later, a long while later, he he becomes an adult and a and a captain of a Spartan army, and actually has a wife and daughter. And um, at one point, the daughter becomes like, uh, like very ill, and the only there's no like, at, there's no like man-made way to prevent that il- illness from taking her life. So then Kratos tri- sets off to find the uh, mythical ambrosia that will actually cure his daughter from this uh, disease. Problem is that there's other p- other people trying to get that ambrosia as well. And these specific people were actually the quote-unquote champions of the gods, actually. And by champions, I mean like they, it's sort of like a like a game of ch- I won't I wouldn't say chess. It's more I'd probably say I'd probably say Pokemon actually because like you pick one they pick one person and say hey go f- go fight in my honor. So kind of like Pokemon, not really, but. I forget all of the um they who like which gods cho- chose which champions but there were two main um champions that uh were picked out. One was a um one was Kratos actually the champion of, of Ares and the second was I forget his name but he's like a barbarian I think he's a barbarian warrior and he's the um champion of Hades actually so so ma- naturally Kratos defeats most of ch- all the champions actually including the champion of Hades and retrieves the ambrosia and cures his daughter and and because of his like duties and everything with with all that he actually gains like the favor of like I think the Spartan chief and everything so he leads his own army to spread the the name of, of Sparta throughout the lands. And so, a little while after that, he essentially that's what he does. But And Kratos does not take defeat lightly, such as when, like, the um, barbarian um, king, actually, who is Hades' champion, uh, comes, comes back to fight him with a much larger army to sort of like stop Kratos and everything. But even though Kratos knew that he was outmatched and outnumbered and everything, he still went and and fought against every fought against the um, barbarian army. And so but that doesn't go all that well for him because like cuz in like if you'll watch stuff from it, you'll see that he his army gets like taken down quite easily because of the vast numbers of the barbarians and as Kratos is about to be struck down by the barbarians um 
uh, weapon. He calls out to Ares, saying that if he if Ares destroys his enemies, that he will essentially serve him for all of eternity, saying that his life is his. And naturally, Ares c comes to that uh, is called to actually answers the call because like because of something else that he he wants later on in life. But I'll get to that later. So, with with Ares actually coming down, he then like he then sort of I want in the in the cutscene that it showed it seems like he's sort of like rewriting like time to to where like all of the barbarians are destroyed and not the Spartans. But I just I'd probably say like they're like they both just got destroyed like the. Spartans got destroyed by barbarians, and Ares essentially destroyed the barbarian army. Um, and to to sort of like serve like to seal the deal on um Kratos's um wish, he then brands he then gives them two two um bl chain blades really that are known as the blades of chaos. The first weapons that he first set of weapons that he gets throughout this entire series and with to sort of seal the deal the cha the chains on the weapons are sort of are burned onto his skin to show like the mark of servitude and everything with him now being uh with him now being the servant of Ares he then goes on he then goes to once again do his mission to let not only the land of Sparta, like all the land that Sparta is, this great and powerful, like land and everything, but also in the name of Ares, striking down anyone without any sort of remorse. Then one day that co everything comes to like sort of bite him in the back, because one day Ares sends him sends him out to go to like burn down this village of like, I think it's like priestess or whatever, but he sends them out. He sends Kratos and his army to essentially burn down the village and leave no one alive. In which Kratos does because at this point, Kratos is losing most of his humanity and just goes in a sort of like bloodlusted of fight and bloodlusted fight or flight mode and everything. And what he doesn't know at the last house that is not like being burned down or anything, he he kills the people inside. Not realizing that his own wife and daughter were in that that house to begin with. Now knowing, now coming off of his like his like sh sugar high, essentially, he comes to realization that he killed that he killed his own wife and daughter, and like essentially gives up because while yes he did try to try to like um make make Sparta known throughout all the lands, he was still a a husband and a father so to seeing his his wife and daughter just dead right in front of his eyes he just loses all will to fight at after that point and to make matters worse for him at this like once he when he leaves one of the priestess is actually alive and um and marks him but not in form of servitude but more of as a grim reminder of his sins as the village was burning down, that priestess specific—excuse uh, me—that priestess specifically chose to have the ashes of his of Kratos' wife and daughter, like, be put on his skin permanently, making his 
skin ash white, making them now known as the Ghosts of Sparta, a moniker that comes to sort of like haunt all those that, that meet him along the way. With his now wife and daughter uh, killed, he tries to just stop fighting, but Ares appears to him saying that he he's doing this so that he will have no distractions and have a have a strong, perfect warrior. Hearing that brings Kratos' fighting spirit back, but mainly to go after Ares, saying like he has wronged him and everything and is now wanting revenge. And that's essentially the entire backstory of Kratos and why he's why he's always angry, really. So so going on to this game known as to what the last game of the um, Greek era, which is God of War Ascension, we we see that he is chained up in this prison, actually, not knowing how he got there. And um, as he tries to figure out where he is, a woman comes up to him, saying that essentially his um, warden and everything, saying that he will uh, be in prison here for all of eternity. And naturally, Kratos does not like that because he's starting to remember certain things of his past. So then he he then breaks out of said prison, which was made by a uh, ancient Greek monster known as the Hecatonchores, and breaks out and tries to figure out what has happened and why he is essentially there. Along the way, he meets a man known as Orcos. Orcos is essentially get. I would say he's the back. He's like the um, backstory person. So he tells, essentially tells him what is happening. So Orcos is at essentially saying like, I tried to help. I tried to get your um, like have an alliance with you to try to take down Ares because he, because of the stuff that he did to you and. And himself actually, because Orcos is the um, child of Ares and a fury named Electo, and Ares is trying to have the perfect warrior to actually destroy Olympus so that Ares can rule. Because there is an ancient law saying that the gods can't like directly di- directly destroy Olympus to like to try and rule because once again because the gods don't like each other really so he tried to make a perfect warrior with a with the fury queen but and the first and then um oracles came out like was the end result but they didn't oracles didn't really have any fighting spirit in him and that obviously didn't didn't work well with them so instead of having him as the as as a perfect warrior, he then becomes like the um, the oath keeper for whoever makes a promise with Ares, and so their plan is to to, to essentially kill Ares, but then to try to like, but the problem is that the Furies are still around, and in order to get to Ares, they will probably they have to get rid of them first, and they they do that actually. It long story short. Kratos kills the the Furies and and is ready to try to take back his revenge on Ares. Problem is, is that he he has one more person to kill even though that he doesn't want to do it because the person that he has to kill is Orcos because and seeing as how his oath to Ares is still there 
he has to kill him in order to be to be free from the his past like sins and all that so now with or orcos in the furies that he then ventures off to be in service of the gods to eventually try to get rid of his um his like n sins of everything and hopefully get revenge on Ares. And that doesn't happen for a bit. I and um this is where we get into one of the um si side off like side spin games called um God of War um Chains of Olympus. In this game we see Kratos uh five years into the servitude of the gods and now he he is sent to I forget which um uh, Greek city this is, but he is sent there to fight off the um, Persian king and his army because they are invading and Kratos is tasked to deal with them. And, of course, he does at that point. And as he is getting ready to leave, uh, he, noticed that he notices something falling from the sky. And it's not like a rock or a person or anything. No, it's the entire sun that's falling from the sky bringing the world into like an everlasting night that that is um well bad really <laughs> but um anyway he being naturally curious and like astounded by what's happening he goes to try to find out uh where the sun god helios is and why he is um and why the sun fell out the sky as he is searching he finds a titan is missing more specifically the atlas titan that i think essentially holds up the world turns out at the atlas titan has somehow been freed and is not and has taken the sun god helios captive and and he has been held in the underworld actually right right now so kratos then frees the um the um, the horses of the, of the chariot of fire that essentially pulls the sun everywhere and with that happening he goes to the underworld to try and free helios and put atlas back as the holder of the world once he is in the underworld he actually veers off from his path to go to a place called the elysian fields where he sees his daughter actually now in Greek mythology, I'm pretty sure it's the Elysian Fields, but in those fields, that's essentially where all of the pure-hearted souls go when they die, where they have, like, no sort of, like, evil, no sins or whatever. That's where they go, and that's why he sees her there. As he tries to go to there, he can't because, obviously, his sins are still tattooed to his body forcefully. And then he... Then a woman named named Persephone comes up. Persephone is the, uh, I guess, queen of the underworld and wife of Hades. So, and she keep, and she essentially tells him, like, in order to go see his daughter and be with her, he has to essentially give up his uh, godhood powers and, like, out, no, not godhood powers, just give up his powers and, and so he could be with her. Naturally, he does, being tricked, sort of, and goes to see his daughter and, and like want and holds her because he hasn't seen her in like probably in like five years. But then Persephone comes up saying like saying that she actually freed 
the Atlas Titan and had had him um, steal uh, Helios. Oh, no, I forgot to mention that um, I forget which god it is, but it's the god of sleep, and he essentially put a um, an eternal dreams like put all the gods to sleep for all eternity, and now Persephone. Having freed the Atlas Titan so he could steal Helios, put all the gods to sleep. She wants to essentially get rid of the gods so that she could be free from the from the marriage of Hades that she didn't want. So, knowing that the destruction of Olympus is probably in in is probably near, he doesn't want that to happen. So he go he essentially uh, leaves his daughter knowing the greater good because not only would the destruction of Olympus bring out the destruction of that world, it also uh, essentially destroy all the souls and that would essentially destroy his daughter. So he goes and fights Persephone and um, and wins, kill, killing her, set, putting the Atlas Titan back in his place. All the gods wake up and he, the sun is now back in his place and his servitude to the gods still continue. Another five years happen, so ten years in total from God of War Ascension, and we now go to the first game that started this all, the first God of War, where we are seen, where we see Kratos actually um, in a out at sea, uh, fighting the, actually going up against the um, the Hydra in service of Poseidon, saying as how he, the Kraken is not the Kraken, the um, the Hydra is. Ruin is disturbing his sea, and he wants it gone essentially. And Kratos is the only one strong enough to do it. So, the the Hydra falls, and like, and Kratos is essentially tired after after ten years of servitude and nothing real, and his prayers aren't being answered or anything. He Athena sends him to Athens because because Ares is actually. Uh, wreaking havoc and destroying everything in the town well in the city so he goes there and with the sole intent of pro probably killing uh Ares one once and for all so with this now hap with his plan set in motion he needs to find a way to actually kill Ares because he because the city of Athens will probably fall if he's still there so a oracle of Athens tells him that the only way to kill Ares is to um, is to get, gain the powers of gods from Pandora's box, which is actually in a big desert on the back of the Titan Kronos after Zeus has sent 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 him there to essentially be the um like what watchdog I, I would say. So Kratos goes through Pandora goes through like the Pandora's temple and actually is the first mortal to get gain access to Pandora's box but somehow Ares catches on to this real fast and shut and shoots a like gigant a um javelin from one of the, the Athens temple and actually spears Kratos in the chest with it as he he sends a few harpies to steal the steal Pandora's box for him and then Kratos actually dies and goes to the underworld. But here's the thing. Kratos is in that section, is that section of characters where people describe him as character literally too angry to die. So 
he fights his fights his way through the underworld and comes back to Athens from a conveniently placed um rope conveniently placed some um, grave that a mysterious grave digger dug. Not questioning it too much, but um he he then goes to confront Ares and actually opens Pandora's box, not only like you know bring a, bring about all like curses, evils and everything that the box has been told in um, in um, the Greek mythology, but actually gains the power of the gods, growing to the size of Ares, and then then starts a a final showdown with them. During the battle, like during the battle, uh, Ares has had enough toying around with Kratos and actually sends him into this like uh, different space where he is then shown like a vision where he he essentially essentially goes to back to the point where he is um going to kill his wife and daughter seeing as a chance to like stop that he then like fights off all the like all these like weird clones of them and once that is over he thinks that he's saved them but then Ares essentially rips the blades of chaos from him and essentially has them has the blades just kill him in front of his eyes again. So now losing a bit of hope, he then he then sees a giant blade in the form of a bridge, seeing as like the gods have given him one more chance to to fight Ares and defeat him. And so he does it in this climactic battle. Um, Kratos wins and kills Ares and with Ares's final words being saying that he's trying to, he was trying to make Kratos a great warrior and Kratos saying that he succeeded and killing him so at the end of the first god of war uh, he goes to Athena and Athena says that his sins are forgiven however the nightmares that he has been plagued with will still remain really Having enough of that, seeing, seeing that the gods of Olympus have abandoned him, he then essentially throws himself off of the highest cliff to the seas to essentially kill himself, really. But the gods still see use in him, so instead of that, he, he he's, the gods ascend him to the throne and to, the, to Olympus and gives him the throne of the god of war, making him the second ever god of war. And, however, he's still not quite happy with it because of the nightmares that still plague him. And so, like, he just sort of sits around just thinking of what to do next. And that's the end of the first God of War game. So, automatically, everything right there, I was, when I first got into the God of War, I was hooked on it from, like, everything that's gone on. And not only that, the combat really is really um that it's sort of like that it's that it's when you get ah i hate i hate myself sometimes uh when you win in combat it's just it's a lot of button mashing yes but it's really satisfying because when it does a lot of slam attacks and it makes the ground like shake and everything but and the music really like helps when you're when you're in combat and everything but um go going off Going off uh, the ending of the first God of War, we go off to the second um, so 
the second spinoff game that God of War has, which is um, God of War: The Ghost of Sparta. Um, in this one, Kratos is seen like going around being the God of War, so just destroying a lot of stuff in the process. This does not uh, sit well with the gods. So as he is um, as he is going around doing his own things, he in in Atlantis he finds his mother actually, to, who is really ill and wants to tell him like who his actual father is because he didn't know at this point. As um, she is about to tell him, he tur she turns into a monster, and Kratos is forced to um, kill her. At that point, he is enraged that because no other person could turn her into a monster un un unless it was a god of Olympus. So naturally, he is furious and essentially floods Atlantis at that point. So, like, I forget where else, what else happens in that middle part of the story, but um, he then finds out that his, oh yeah, his mother tells him, along with, his mother tells him that his, his brother Deimos is alive actually, but is being held captive somewhere, and is actually in the sunken city of Atlantis. So, bef this was after like Kratos has left and found like more notes about him, so he goes back to Atlantis, finds his brother, but his brother is furious with him because it took him so long to actually find him. So, and like before, like Damos could like actually kill Kratos because Kratos feels like sympathy and remorse for what he's done. Uh, the god of death, Thanatos, shows up and essentially kidnaps uh, Damos once more. And then Kratos goes off after him. When they meet again, uh, Kratos actually saved Damos's life from falling off a cliff. And the um, brotherly bond is reforged, and now they um go to defeat Thanatos once and for all. Uh, problem is, Deimos died. Is actually he gets killed by Thanatos. Kratos kills him, and he is and Kratos buries him where a grave digger, the mysterious grave digger again, uh, shows up and has a perfectly placed burial for him, a grave for him. When Kratos goes back to Olympus. Um, Athena is there to like sort of like be thank I'm not sure like thankful but try to like st be there for him and tries to give him like full god godhood but Kratos refuses that saying that he he's tired with what the gods have done to him and like just storms off at the end we get a sort of like teaser saying like the end of Olympus has come because Kratos finally decides to uh decides to go to sort of like destroy all the gods but like I said he can't but um I feel like that's enough for now so we could go to a quick um commercial break so up first we have those who fight further by the black mages time left from chainsaw man and Zankyo Zankov from demon slayer all here on 9.5 can you Thibodeau your local alternative 9.5 can you Thibodeau welcome back to the this episode of Nerd Hour, and before I went to the break, I'm pretty sure I, and like ended the um sort of like lore and background this discussion from God of War goes to Sparta. So now we could, and this last bit is going to be kind of short. I wouldn't I wouldn't say so, but it's really where all the big stuff comes in. So 
we start off with the second actual game, which is um God of War Ascension. Not Ascension, God of War 2. I'm dumb. But um in, to start off with um God of War 2, we see um Kratos land in the gut in the city of Rhodes and actually just starts destroying everything. And seeing as how the and at this point the gods have had enough of what he has done. So he then um they s essentially seal off most of his godly power and s actually have the statue of the the statue of Colossus of Rhodes come to life and sort of like try and fight and stop him. But naturally this doesn't work and well, it doesn't work for either of them because it's because the gods the god Colossus of Rhodes has like a lot of godly power imbued in it to make make it not unstoppable. While the Colossus of Rhodes really can't stop Kratos because it is Kratos. Once again, he is the type of person that is literally too angry to die. So at at this point it's really so much of a standstill and to not um have the city of Rhodes uh crumble down and everything. Zeus sends him a weapon that was used in the Battle of the Titans, which, at that, which is known as the um, bl the Blade of Olympus. At that point, he he imbues all of his the rest of his godly power into the blade to sort to um stop uh, the class of Rhodes and everything. So, at that point, uh, Kratos defeats the Colossus of Rhodes, and at he's boasting to the god saying like nothing can stop him really but as the but he doesn't realize that the colossus of rhodes is falling on him and he is gravely injured from at that moment because all of his godly power has been taken away and he's be, be, has been turned back to a mortal so at this point uh being battered and broken zeus comes down and questioning kratos saying why he continues to defy him and everything and tired of everything that's going on, he just kills him with the the blade of Olympus, and Sora just leaves leaves him to die and everything. So Kratos goes back to the underworld for a third time now, and he actually doesn't just stop at the underworld. He stops at um Tartarus actually, which is like the eternal prison and everything, and actually home to most of the gods really. At that point, he is met with the um, Greek personification of Mother Earth, Gaia, the Titan. a Sort of like the mother of all Titans, I would say. But she then says, like, with your power, we could overthrow Olympus and everything and just take everything for what is ours. So, naturally, Kratos agrees because more revenge, and that's what Kratos is at this point. So, he then goes to... And in order to do that, he's technically still dead, so he has to... He has to sort of like rewrite his, rewrite his fate in some sort of way, so, and that's where he has to go. The island where the sisters of fates are being held. So he goes through the island and stopping everything in his, stopping at nothing to fight off everything in his path, including the, the old um, barbarian um, king that I mentioned a while back, as well as Perseus, the son of Poseidon. At that point. Later on, at that point, he finds he could make it to the where the sister of fate have located, but there's there's no bridge. He had 
he has to find a way to go across. But Icarus comes comes by saying like only he could do it. But Curly's being annoyed at Icarus, kills him off, takes his wings actually, and flies across to see the sisters of fate. But before he could do that, he's met with this. Uh, he met. He's met with a soldier who tries to fight him, and we don't know who he is because all we see is a silhouette of him. And as as we finish the as you finish the fight with the soldier, you find out that he is a um, Spartan soldier. Actually, question. Kratos questioning why the Spartan soldier is all the way out here. He then tells him that the Spartan soldier tells Kratos that after uh, after Kratos died by the hands of Zeus. Zeus came to Sparta, came to Sparta, to make sure nothing like that happens again, and essentially lays waste to the to the city and destroying everything and everyone there. So, so now Kratos, well, the soldier then dies of blood loss after fighting Kratos, and Kratos is now known as the last Sparta, last Spartan, and in order, and now he has to, and somehow for some reason. He has to fight the Kraken that shows up out of nowhere, which he does and kills. Then flies off to the si to the Sisters of Fate on a Phoenix, believe it or not. And as he makes it there, they try to rewrite. The Sisters of Fate aren't happy because like everything is going wrong by his hands, so they try to rewrite his fate by going back to the time when um Ares and Kratos were fighting and. They're trying to rewrite that, but Kratos stop, puts a stop to that, uh, kills the Sisters of Fate, and goes back in time to when Kratos was, well, when Zeus was killing Kratos with the Blade of Olympus. But seeing as how a new Kratos shows up, he then fights off Zeus again, but as he's trying to deal with the finishing blow to Zeus, Athena shows up and takes the killing blow for him, and then she dies. So, what... And that's essentially all that there, there is to the God of War 2. But at the end, we see Kratos going back in time to um, help the Titans, actually. And instead of just doing it like in present time or anything, they go back to the gods versus the... They go back to the Titan War, actually. And he essentially frees them and helps them go fight, fight the gods and everything, saying that the destruction of Olympus is here. And that's where we pick up with God of War 3, essentially the final game of the um, Greek saga and everything. So at that point, Kratos is, is riding upon Gaia as they climb Mount Olympus to try and destroy everything. So to, in order to stop Gaia, Poseidon actually joins the, joins the battle and, and has her in a has her like locked in place because he's essentially riding like a water chariot or whatever. So Kratos essentially stops him and allowing Gaia to be free while also killing Poseidon in the process. Now something in God of War 3, things happen a lot differently. Things happen to the gods a lot differently when they die. When they die in the past, they just like died and that was it. Now, because these are like some of the big names in God, in the Greek gods. So when Poseidon dies, he falls into the ocean. But essentially, because of his death, the oceans aren't reg being regulated anymore. So now, the, essentially, the the world is flooded because there, 
because the waters just start rising and everything. But anyway, uh, Kratos and Gaia go reach the top of Mount Olympus and find um, Zeus there waiting for them, but Zeus strikes them down fairly easy, and Kratos lands back in the underworld for a fourth time. So, while in the underworld, he he meets a, like, ancestor, like a actual version of Athena who has somehow gained, like, reached a higher plane of existence and, and essentially helping Kratos now. Well, quote-unquote helping. So, now, Kratos is... Kratos' objective is to ultimately kill Zeus and anyone who steps in his way. And then he has to fight up against Hades because it's his domain. In order to get out of there, he he would have to um, get through him. So, once again, he does. But when he dies, all the souls of the underworld are essentially be, been let free and everything. So, once that happens, he, go, he starts climbing Mount Olympus once more. And, um... He then, he then runs into Helios messing with one of the um, messing with a fire titan, and so with with Kratos' help, Helios is um, struck down from the sky, and when he kills him, the sun is blocked out by a bunch of clouds. Not not like in Chains of, and not like in, uh, I forget which the first panel came. It was called I think it was like Chains of Olympus or something, but. Not like where he fell out of the sky and brought to a night. No, he's officially dead and he can't like do anything else. So the sky is just blocked out now. So as he goes on throughout, throughout his journey, he meets up with Hermes, the messenger of the gods, who just just keeps taunting him really. And when he dies, it's like a plague of locusts go, goes around, just eating everything. So after that, he goes, he keeps going throughout everything and his ultimate goal now because like a i think a it was someone who told him like what to do i forget i might have been athena but he has to um go find the flames of olympus which he has to go find the flame of olympus that will give him like his godly powers back and not just like brute strength and everything so as he's going throughout the um the world he he runs into uh, Hera, the queen of the gods, who is really just in a drunken stupor because she's been drinking a lot. And actually, she has him fight up against his half-brother, Hercules, who is kind of mad that while he does his 12 labors and everything to try to get Zeus's attention, Kratos just does everything, becomes a god of war and everything, while he's just nothing. So as they fight, Hercules dies and everything. And now... He doesn't have a weight. He needs more a better weapon this time. So he goes back to the underworld, not on his own volition this time, and actually um, meets Hephaestus, who is trapped down there. Says that um he could um he could make him a weapon as long as he gets a specific stone in Tartarus. So going back there, he as he's searching for the stone, he is confronted by Kronos actually, because. And he's actually been moved from the desert that he was in to Tartarus because Zeus was was like angry with him that he let someone into Pandora's temple. So now Kronos feels like he could just um, he can um, kill Kratos for for his sort of revenge, but it doesn't work. He actually finds the 
he actually finds a stone that he needs to um get his weapon for while also killing Cronus in the process. Going back to Hephaestus, he Kratos is mad because he is Hephaestus actually essentially sent him on a suicide mission to find the stone, but he actually makes the weapon for him, but Hephaestus backstabs him, and if you backstab Kratos, you're essentially going to die, which he did, but nothing really much happened after his death. So going up further, uh, he, he, then, um, he kills Hera along the way because that's just going to happen. And then he finds Pandora, actually, who, in order to, like, awaken the flame of Olympus, she has to be catapulted in there. But then Zeus shows up, and essentially they have one more uh, standoff, really. And along the way, uh, Gaia comes back because she wasn't really dead. She dies later because Kratos stabs the Blade of Olympus into her heart, and then, like, later kills Zeus in a really bloody fashion. And then, like, at the end of God of War 3, what happens is that um, is that Kratos sort of like seeing now what he has done in his like thirst for revenge feels like that the, the godly powers that stored up within him and everything needs to be like put away even though Athena is there is trying to like saying that she will create a better world or anything he decides against it and like just kills himself really kills himself and like sets all of like the godly powers into the world and just and we're just told, we're believed that he was to to have died at that point. And that's the end of the Greek saga. It was a, going through that for the first time, it's really interesting to see, like, what would happen, like, what was going to happen, and, like, who was essentially going to fall by Kratos' hand next. And I say the Greek saga because, like, where the section where it comes up, the next game, and, like, final game before the one, before God of War Ragnarok, which most people call um, God of War 4 or God of War 2018, where we now find a much older Kratos. Well, yeah, older. Much older and more mellowed-out Kratos in the... It's actually in Midgard, which is in the Norse uh, pantheon and Norse mythology, Norse pantheon and everything. So, at this point... Uh, Kratos has mellowed out. He is trying to cause. He's trying to quell his anger from showing up again, and actually meets a woman named Faye and marries her, and has a child named Atreus. But when Atreus is about like I'd say eleven or twelve or something around around that, uh, Faye is some Faye somehow somehow died, and her last wishes to. For her ashes to be spread on the highest peak in all of the nine realms. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is essentially what they go and do. But before that, before that happens, Kratos tests Atreus to see if he is ready for the journey because a journey, a mission with Kratos is not going to be an easy one. So before, so they go out to try to see if he is ready by hunting, but they meet a troll. Uh, Eric. Atreus wasn't ready because he let his anger control him, really. And so, as they were going back to the house, they meet this Kratos meets this stranger that keeps saying, like, he, he wants something from them. And as that happens, 
Kratos tells him to leave his leave his home, saying that they have nothing that he wants. And then the, a fight ensues, really. And the stranger is surprisingly strong, seeing as how with one punch, uh, he was able to send Kratos flying, which is very hard to do unless you're a god or really something of mythological strength. So later on, uh, Kratos kills said stranger, dropping him into a ravine that they made with the fight. And um, then with no choice left in the matter, that both Kratos and Atreus go on the journey to spread his mother's like phase ashes, along the way meeting a, a bunch of different people like two dwarves named Brock and Sindri, a witch of the woods that we do not know. And then like later on, we find that the stranger was alive and is named Balder, a son a, a son of Odin, one of the Aesir gods, along with Magni and Modi, the sons of Thor. Talking to this person that seems to be locked up or something. So as that so once Magni Modi and Balder leave, they meet this person who is known as Mimir, the smartest man in all of the nine realms. Who's try and they're trying to figure out why they why they're being hunted, but they don't know. And they're gonna spread and at that point that was actually the tallest uh, mountain in in a Midgard. And not but not actually the tallest mountain in all of the nine realms. That actually is in Jotunheim, the land of the giants, actually. So when that hap so when they figure that out, they need a way to uh, they need to find a way for to get to that area. And Mimir was the only one that that knew how to do it. Problem is that he was locked up, and in order to, he was not locked up, but he was bound to a tree that could so he wouldn't age or anything and wouldn't die. So with little left, with little choice of anything. Mimir asks uh, Kratos to cut off his head, really, and have him being revived by the Witch of the Woods, saying that she knew the old magic to do that. When they reach the woods, um, Mimir is revived, but he is still, but he is only a head now, and so, and and it reveals that the Witch of the Woods is actually Freya, the um, Vanir goddess, and, and everything. Naturally, being distrustful towards gods, Kratos. Uh, is very wary around her, so they then leave, saying that they don't need her help. Now they need to like get a rune to travel to Jotunheim, and they need some some materials for that. So as they do that, they try to get the materials, find Magni and Modi, kill they kill him, Magni because they're in their way. Modi runs away, and as they're about to um, find the find the rune to travel to Jotunheim, uh, Modi comes back, injures the boys too much. And he, and in order to get him healed, they need to go to Helheim, the um, land of the dead, in Norse mythology, and sort of like get get like a special herb or whatever to heal him back up the strength. So a little left choice to have. They and another thing in Helheim is that it's very cold there to where like no fires in the um, nine realms could um could like burn anything only things outside of said realms could do that so kratos goes back to his old home and get brings out the blades of chaos actually that seem very like broken and with sort of like withered so so after that they go he goes to Helheim, gets the gets the materials to get his son back up and running and and voila he sort of saved there 
And then Kratos reveals Atreus's godly um, heritage to him, saying that he is a god from a different land, and he is one. And Atreus is one too. So then, like later on, they they find Modi beaten, saying that Thor uh, essentially in, like tortured him, saying that he was a coward for because thinking that he wanted Thor's hammer more. So they kill Modi. Fi- before they could go to um, Jotunheim, they find Balder uh, stopping him, really. And so, and the the original room, the original travel gate to um to Jotunheim is broken. They and they stop Balder really, and they try to stop Balder because he took Atreus with him. So now finding a they found a new way to um they found a new way to uh, f- get to Jotunheim, but. Uh, along the way, Baldwin stops him once again, and um, Freya is there finding, and we find out that Balder is the son of Freya, who, and which um, Balder tries to kill Freya because Freya gave him a, a, a put a um, spell on him saying that he can no longer be he can no longer be damaged or killed. But along the way, he can't feel anything as well, and we actually break that curse, but and then. And then we we try to leave him, but he then tries to kill Freya. So so um, Balder so Kratos essentially has to kill Balder, saying that he will break the cycle of the uh, children killing their parents. And then Freya says that she vows to um, kill him for what she what she has lost and everything. Because even though Seth's son was trying to kill her, she's still a mother. So then Kratos and Atreus reach Jotunheim, spread her. They spread their Faye's ashes, and we find out that Faye was actually a giant, and she essentially prophesized everything up to when she would her ashes would be spread. And on the way back, we find we find out that seeing and that Atreus is quarter god, quarter human, and half giant, and that when in the prophesized wall that was made about them. Atreus's name was actually Loki. So we now found out that Lo- that Atreus is the god of mischief. And after everything's said and done, there at the end of the game there's a little teaser saying that but I mean along the way back to their house to like sort of like end the game, it starts winter. It starts some um, snowing. And in Norse mythology, snow some some snow could lead to uh, Fimble Winter, the three long winter before Ragnarok happens. And at the end of the game, we get this teaser of Kratos and Atreus meeting, seeing um, Thor outside their home. And that leads, and that's essentially everything up until God of War Ragnarok. So thank you all for listening. And this went a bit over, but thank you all for listening. I'm very excited for God of War Ragnarok. And if you want to, Play God of Ragnarok. It comes out on PS4 and PS5 today, sometime later. But um, that'll be it for for today's episode. So coming up is Dancing by Aaron Smith, Humility by Gorillaz, and Bumper Chicken by Acacia. All here on 9.5 KSU Thibodeau, your local alternative. I will see you all next time.